Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, February 8th. S&P futures are up about 10 points. That's about 25 basis points. NASDAQ futures are outperforming slightly. They're up about 45 points. That's about 35 basis points. The major European indices are up 40 to 50 basis points. Solid outperformance in a lot of your cyclical value groups, your classic reflation trade. So basic resources, which is uh, which are the major global mining stocks, are up about 2%. That's leading in Europe. Banks are also trading very well, up about 1.3%. Insurance is trading well, up about 90 basis points. And you're seeing underperformance in areas like utilities, retail, real estate, and staples. Asia finished higher pretty much across the board. Japan and mainland China in particular did well. Uh, SoftBank rallied over 4% ahead of its earnings. SoftBank reported after the Japanese close a couple of hours ago. The numbers were quite strong, driven in large part by gains in the Vision Fund. Um, so really not much to talk about as far as big macro news. It's all the same themes and trends that have been in the press, the media for the last several weeks. So your three big pillars in the U.S. Uh, continue to kind of drive global optimism around equities, solid earnings, stimulus anticipation, vaccine optimism, those are all the big themes driving stocks higher. Your calendar Q4 earnings season is essentially done at this point. You have you know a couple, a handful of major reports still left as far as December end companies. So Disney is probably the big one this week, but you're now shifting into the January end companies, which are dominated by tech and retail. Cisco kicks off the January end earnings season tomorrow night after the close. You're still talking about probably when everything is settled out, a 2022 S&P EPS figure um, north of 200, so about 205, call it. Um, that will put your PE ratio for the index down slightly under 19 times. Um, so that's the earnings front on stimulus. You had Democrats in the House and the Senate on Friday both pass resolutions that will enable them to utilize reconciliation in the Senate to pass um, the Biden stimulus bill. So that was widely expected. Everyone everyone essentially has given up on um, some type of a bipartisan deal around stimulus. There's just too large a gap between what Democrats and Republicans are asking for. Um, so now the question becomes Democrats narrowing their differences. So you still have a, a you know you still have some differences between the Bernie Sanders wing and the Joe Manchin wing of the Democratic Party that they have to resolve. Um, you know the Biden. Biden had put on the table a $1.9 trillion proposal. I think the consensus as far as what gets back to Biden's desk is around $1.5 to $1.7 trillion. Um, but you're still looking at a couple more weeks of negotiation um, between House and Senate Democrats. Like I said before, I, I doubt you are going to see um, some type of a package that gets you 60 votes in the Senate. Um, it's just a question of what number gets all the Democrats on board. And that number, again, is probably around 1.5 to 1.7 trillion. You're probably looking as far as timing about a month and a half before something gets back to Biden's desk. Um, you know, I think it's very, very likely that you will see something get passed into law, but it will not be as easy as I think um, some of the current press reports suggest. You're going to see setbacks along the way. You're going to see Democrat. It's going to be within the Democratic Party as far as, um, you know, the lower the number goes, the more you risk losing people like Bernie Sanders. And then the higher the number stays, the more you risk losing people like Joe Manchin. So there's some negotiation within the party that has to take place. Um, but nevertheless, stimulus is obviously still a major tailwind in the market, both fiscal and monetary stimulus. Um, and then on vaccines and COVID, you know, again, I think in the U.S., 
the 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 COVID news remains a tailwind. So you still have obviously elevated transmissions, elevated hospitalizations, but both numbers are well off their peaks from earlier in January. Um, and then the vaccination numbers continue to tick higher by over a million, um, you know, a million doses a day that are being administered. And you should get a huge boost to the vaccination process when the Johnson Johnson vaccine obtains emergency use authorization, which should happen before March 1st. So there's the FDA advisory panel meeting for that vaccine that takes place on the 26th of February. You should get EUA, um, you know, within 24, 48 hours of that event. Um, and so then Johnson Johnson will join Pfizer Moderna on the U.S. market on March 1st. Um, and that, that will, again, help deliver a major boost to the overall process. You know, I think the one uh, headwind, and then this is getting a lot more attention in the press, just concerned yields, um, inflation yields, and then the interplay between yields and equity valuation. So remember in 2020, you had COVID collapse yields lower. That yield collapse drove S&P multiples up by about three turns, three turns plus, depending on which numbers you want to use. Obviously, that was an enormous boost to the market. As you see yields normalize, um, you know, presumably that should lead to a haircut of multiples. And I think that's kind of your, your big risk at this point in time. And that's something that probably is, um, you know, giving investors the most anxiety. You know, you are seeing, um, you know, shifts occur in the market as far as playing groups that would benefit from that, um, from a rise in inflation, from, you know, uh, increased focus on reflation. So mining stocks and banks are uh, probably ground zero as far as areas that should presumably benefit from reflation. But, you know, that's your biggest area of um, that's your big risk at this point in time. And again, it's getting mentioned a lot more in the press just as far as, um, you know, inflation and multiples. Um, so those are all your big themes and trends as far as incremental news for today. There's not there's not a ton. Um, you know, I think the mutant strains with regards to COVID are certainly a risk and there. And that is in focus. So South Africa suspended use of the AstraZeneca vaccine after determining that it was essentially useless against that South African variant of um, of COVID. There was a report the CDC out came out on Sunday just talking about how the mutant strains are circulating um, rapidly in the U.S. They're probably going to start becoming the, the predominant um, source of transmission in the U.S. over the coming weeks. So obviously, you know, that that is a risk, um, you know, depending on which study you're looking at, depending on which vaccine is in question, um, you know, the Pfizer Moderna ones are still um, are still able to provide protection against the mutant strains, but certainly not as well as was the case with the original one. Um, so that is that's certainly something that's in focus this morning. You had a couple of economic numbers out, but none of them are really impacting the broader tape. Um, and then you had on the M&A front, uh, Jap- Japan's Renesis Electronics, which is a large semiconductor company, is buying Dialog Semi in Europe. So you continue to see consolidation in the semiconductor space. Uh, just looking quickly at the calendar for Monday today, there's really not much in terms of macro news that's scheduled. Obviously, Washington will be a big area of focus as that the fiscal negotiation process continues. Um, you have a couple of earnings out after the close today, but again, none of them that are all that important. Nuance, um, Simon Property, Take Two are the big ones for tonight. Just looking quickly for the week, um, you know, you still have another. It's it's a busy earnings schedule, but like I said, as far as the big December end companies, you're kind of past. You're well past the peak at this point in time. You just have Disney, GM, Pepsi, Coke are probably the big December end companies, and like I said earlier. Cisco kicks off your January end season tomorrow night. 
um, on the macro front, um, uh, like I said, the fiscal negotiations in Washington will be very important. Wednesday brings two important macro data points. So the U.S. CPI, obviously, given all the focus on inflation, the CPI will be watched closely. Powell will be speaking on Wednesday. Also, um, Trump's impeachment trial kicks off tomorrow. That should wrap up within about a week. Obviously, there's there's essentially no chance Trump will be convicted. Um, you know, I think the big question is how many Republicans, if any, vote to convict. I would say there's probably maybe two or three Republicans that would vote to convict. I don't think McConnell will be one of them. Um, I think at worst, McConnell may abstain, but I doubt that. I think he will vote to acquit. Um, and then we should learn this week if Draghi will be successful in, be, in forming a government in Italy. It looks like he will be successful in doing that. Um, but again, that's relatively that's pretty much um, an Italy-specific issue for the most part. You're not really seeing that spill over into... Um, into kind of global markets. Uh, I have previews for all those events and more in, in a piece I sent around Friday. Um, the vital knowledge, the latest February market survey results, I also sent around on Friday. Um, so those are on the website. If anyone needs them, just reach out. Um, and that is essentially everything for today. Thank you for listening.